Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? Welcome to your Wake Before the Day podcast. Today, we are looking at Hebrews chapter 12, episode number 20 of season three. But before we dive in, we want to say a huge thank you to everybody who contributed by giving candy yeah. to Trunk or Treat or just showed up and gave your time, right. decorated a car, mm-hmm. or simply prayed for the event. Um, it's one of those events we try to use our, our church property as an outreach to the community to bless them, give them a safe spot. We had over 3,000 people come, That's which crazy. is so cool. I mean, you know, I, I just watched so many people have quality conversations, people being invited to church, um, being loved and encouraged and blessed. And so anyways, want to say thank you. Uh, for those of you who helped us make that happen, mm-hmm. I believe God, God was really glorified. Um, so today we're looking at chapter 12 of Hebrews, and it's a dense book. We have a lot to talk about, so we just jump in right away. Yeah, let's jump in. I, something's going on here with me, so if you don't hear me for a second, I'm fixing something. What, is your microphone acting <laughs> weird on you? It's just sliding down. See with how I'm looking? I'm like laying on the floor trying to talk. Oh, yeah. So you just keep going. I'll figure it out. Probably have to twist one of those fancy knobs. Um, anyways, verse one, right away, therefore, anytime there is a word therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is that word therefore? And it's pointing back at chapter 11, talking about how there are these people who live by faith. And as they live by faith, many of them did not even see the fruit of their life and their labor because they died. And it happened later on. So what happens now is that Hebrews is kind of referring to these people are in heaven and are witnesses. There's been a great debate when you read verse 1 where it talks about how we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. People have wondered, is this like people in heaven witnessing us or are they witnesses to us? Right, like actually watching? Yeah, they're like in heaven watching us, what's happening. And I don't think it's worth debating that and fighting over it. I think the point is there are people who have run the race and we look to them as they point us to Jesus and see, hey... You know, this side of heaven, there's going to be ups and downs. Sometimes our prayers are going to be answered the way we hoped, and sometimes they're not. And yet these people still, in the midst of their sin and their brokenness, followed our faithful God. Mm-hmm. And so the part of verse 1 that stands out to me, though, it says, let us throw off everything mm-hmm. that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Mm-hmm. That word in snares or entangles can be translated easily avoided, mm-hmm. admired, or dangerous. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting here is that it's not talking about sin or evil or pain that's caused by demons. It's talking about our flesh. It's stuff that you and I can say no to and just kick away. It's sin that we might be entertained by, Mm -hmm. stuff that we're flirting with or we enjoy or brings us some kind of pleasure. He's saying, you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that because the last part of that verse says you're running a race. And this thing called life is a marathon Mm -hmm. and you're going to need endurance and you're going to need perseverance. And as you do that, we're encouraging you, find a rhythm of life that's sustainable. We're encouraging you. you got to be in the Word. Mm-hmm. you got to be at church on Sunday, at group each week, repenting of sin, confessing your love for God, worshiping Him. You know, and don't wait for Sunday to do this. Do this every day. And it's not that these things save you. It's that your body, your soul, your heart, those around you need this, need God. Mm-hmm to meet you in these ways so that you can run this race with endurance and perseverance because sin 
it so easily trips us up and is entangling us. And, and what he's saying is don't get caught up in sin that's easily avoided. Don't admire it. Mm-hmm. Stay away from that stuff that's dangerous and run the race. And you, you got to remember, Paul's not being obtuse here. Like he he understands that there are things that are going to be battles that as, as far as when we talk about sin and throwing off thing, everything that hinders, um, you know, there's going to be some battles. I love um, the author, wife, mom, speaker, Jackie Hill Perry. She wrote a book years ago that I read called um, Gay Girl, Good God. And she speaks pretty openly about having same-sex attraction and having a husband right now and having four beautiful kids and how that's something she daily lays on the altar before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And she brings in and says, okay, Lord, you know, here I am. Here's this. Have your way. Have your way. I want to be obedient to you. Um, And so that's not, you know, something that's easily going to, that's not what we're talking about here. That's like a battle of the flesh that's easily thrown off. That's like a, that's a battle. It's really hard. And so... Paul's saying like there there are things in your life though that you are entertaining that you don't need to be entertaining with Holy Spirit, okay? Mm-hmm. And so throw that stuff off and then let's walk freely. Let's actually run. Let's persevere this race freely marked out for us. And I love that word persevere, you guys, because Paul, so you have heard this all over the New Testament in the form of the word agnon, A-G-O-N-A, which is the Greek word for race. And I bring that up because it is all over. And race in the Greek means conflict or struggle of many kinds. So it can be used like a, like a competition. Widely, yes. Yeah. But it Paul uses it in Acts when he's talking about himself and how he's finishing the race. But then also in Philippians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 6, mm. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And so you see... So you're telling me this is one of his favorite words. Exactly. When the picture is so, the picture that you get when you close your eyes and you use that word race or you use the word perseverance, it's straight up saying like, this isn't a sprint for a hundred meters and it's mm-hmm. done. No. It's long. This is yeah, at least a 13K or what, a 13.1, what is that? Half marathon. Half marathon, yeah. <laughs> like, at least that. Like that's such a wonderful picture of our lifetime and how it really is just continually fixing our eyes, like mm-hmm. what Hebrews is saying. And, and believing and considering what the Lord has done before us and staying in your lane. Because I, Paul hits the nail right mm-hmm. on the head. When we're um, entertaining sin, mm-hmm. admiring sin, it's because our eyes are looking at it right? oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And if we're thinking about it, looking at it, it's going to take root and captivate our thoughts and our thinking and our desires and our longing. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. he's going to guide us. You know, I just think about... Um, you know, it's Halloween, kids looking at candy. I want the candy. <laughs> I, need, I need the candy. I want one piece. Maybe I'll have two. Maybe I'll sneak one in my pocket and bring it to rest time. Mom and dad won't catch me. It's like you watch this slippery soap occur just with something so trivial, trivial as candy. Mm. And then we're talking about like things that are of utmost importance in life, like purity, our finances, treating mm. other people with dignity these kind of things. Mm. And yet when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we're in the scriptures, we're in community, we're worshiping him, we're meditating on the word, we're repeating the, the verse that stood out to us over and over. We're praying, we're listening. Like That's what it looks like to fix your eyes on Jesus and he'll guide you. Mm-hmm. It's like when our little kids are running forward but looking backwards. It never ends Isn't that well. Helpful? <laughs> Boom, right into the wall or into somebody else. It's like, oh man. Um and I love what how that verse ends, though, because it talks about how it was for the joy set before him. Jesus said, I'm going to bring you freedom. Jesus wasn't some mm. worth, helpless victim on the cross. 
he chose it. He's a victor. For the joy set before him, he endured the yeah. cross mm-hmm. so that we could have this freedom. I thought it was really good. Okay. Well, I feel like you kind of talked about just like the struggle. So that was kind of verses like one, two, three that we just kind of dove into. And then mm-hmm. really verse four, two, just talking about like you're saying like the consistency and the struggle to um, like against sin. And really I, there's a quote from John Tyson that I love. And he says, the biggest part of spiritual formation is repetition. Absolutely. And is. so that's not exciting, you guys, but like Clark's saying, just this daily thing that we're, we're bringing unto the Lord, saying we want our eyes fixed here. And then I love, so we kind of get this picture of Jesus, like you said, and how he's gone before us. And that we read the word endure again in verse seven, where mm-hmm. it's talking about discipline. And we, we want to get through a lot in this chapter. We want to talk about this for a minute too. So verse seven sounds like this. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? Mm-hmm. So break that down for us a little bit. What's going on? For there? sure. Verses five through 17 are talking mm-hmm. about God as his trainer and as a discipliner. And discipline is a good thing. We've talked about how discipleship, disciple comes from this word. Mm-hmm. And what you have to remember is that when it comes to God's character, God is a good God. He has no sin and he mm-hmm. is holy. He is the author of everything that is good and he is not the author of any kind of evil or sin. Yeah. And so when it comes to the hardship and the pain you and I experience in this world, it's one of two things. One, God in his sovereignty is simply allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. In our sin, we made our bed, now we're sleeping in it. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, God's allowing that to occur. Mm-hmm. It is possible God allows us or even can send, on the flip side of the coin, Mm. trials and tribulations. He's not going to tempt you to sin. James Mm -hmm. talks about that. But he can send us trials that can be, um, what word am I looking for? Refining and edifying Mm. and helping us build. Just Mm. like when you work out and you train, you tear your muscles down only so that they can heal and be built back up. Mm. And so here you're saying, okay, one of the reasons possibly why we're experiencing hardship in our life is that Mm. God is using it to discipline us for good. Mm. Um, When I'm looking at verses like seven and eight, like you just read, Mm -hmm. it talks about how a good parent who loves their kid is going to discipline them. If you're not being disciplined, you're not loved. Meaning, hey, do whatever you want. Eat as much candy as you want. Watch Mm. whatever movie you want. Mm -hmm. Go spend whatever money. You don't have that much money? Ah, Mm -hmm. just swipe the credit card. It's like there's going to be points of pain from our diet to relationships to our purity to our finances Mm -hmm. if there's no discipline. And so a loving parent disciplines us. Mm -hmm. And God's motivation is love. It's his love. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think there are many parents in the world, many good parents, many godly parents who like find a great deal of joy in disciplining their kid and taking like good things from them. Yeah. But there are points and lessons that are need to be learned. Like for mm-hmm. instance, we're going to school and one of our kids was acting up. And one of the things Bobby and I have been trying to do with our parenting is um, ask something one, one time. And if it's not done, then we kindly bring in consequences. Like, I'm not going to sit there and ask you five times to do something. We're trying to be gracious and kind. And it had been brought up, like, hey, if if you do this again, uh, you're not going to get your candy for lunch. And the child did it again. And so when we got to school, I opened up the lunchbox, took it out, and it kind of stunk because I saw the sadness on their face. 
they were really excited about that candy. They, that's the first thing they brought up in the morning when they woke up was, hey, can I bring this candy to school to have for lunch? And I was like, sure, if you eat your lunch, you got it. <laughs> and just to watch the disappointment and the sadness was like, oh, man, and it's tempting. It's really tempting as a parent to give in and go, oh, you know, let's just do better next time. That's just creating a, a bigger problem down the road for us mm-hmm. and when it comes to obedience and listening. Um, and so it was, it was a very small moment today. A very small moment, but it was one that needed to occur because what happens in this passage, like verses 5 through 17, he talks about how in this, God desires us to cultivate the the fruit of the Spirit and how God mm-hmm. wants us to have this harvest. So verse 11 says, no discipline seems yeah. pleasant at the time, but it's painful. And it might be as something as silly as candy with a child, and it might be something as huge as some kind of relational issue or some kind of life decision. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So we're not going to take these moments and just let them pass them by. God wants us to use the ups and the downs and the hardship of life to cultivate in us perseverance, the fruit of the Spirit, and a Christ-likeness as we follow Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I really appreciate verses 12 and 13 too when he starts talking about your feet and your legs. Verse 12, it says, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. And verse 13, make level paths for your feet. And in it, you can also translate that straight foot, like be straight footed. Yeah. And then it's talking about staying to the path of the Lord, the straight and the narrow. Don't go wayward. Don't be entertained with that's on the left and that what's on the right. Focus on God. Fix your eyes on him. It's an endurance. It's a race and it requires perseverance. Keep going and use this rhythm of life and the gifts of God, the people of God to strengthen you as you go on this journey. Yeah. One of the things that, and so, I mean, we just stopped at verse 12 and 13 and what, what I love about 13, um, it says this, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And so what's so wonderful is like, we've talked about kind of our own learning and our own growth and being able to put off sin and being able to, you know, drop the heavy things and how we can walk in freedom, but that freedom isn't, you know, to ourselves. It's actually for other people too. So make level paths mm-hmm. for your feet. So like Clark said, walk straight, but also so that the lame may not be disabled. So really as you walk with the Lord, like Clark said, as you develop fruits of the spirit, like as you abide with Holy Spirit, God will use you as a vessel mm-hmm. and discipline is part of that. Perseverance is part of that. Look, keeping your eyes on Jesus is part of that, but how through you, God is going to do things for other people. And so it's not just this thing like self-help, like, let me get better, you know, as a Christian. So that way I can be closer to God and be a better person. Like, okay, well, no, that's actually, you know, not what we're celebrating here. Like we're celebrating freedom in Christ so that, that we can invite other people in and that we can be a blessing too. And so just that little, you know, verse 13 might be easy to overlook there in some of the language, but really how upright living really Hmm. no longer hinders other people, but is a path for other people to walk on. And so I was blessed by that. And have a vision for your life. That's, that's beyond the now have a vision for who you want Hmm. to be and who you want your family to become and the kind of legacy that you want to leave behind for God's glory and that the kingdom of heaven might come. Mm. 
Because when you look at this verse 16, it, it talks about how don't be like Esau, essentially. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, mm. who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Like, what did Esau do? He gave up something in the future for some instant gratification. He gave up mm. his future right and inheritance for a, a bowl of soup and yeah. some food. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the moment, don't compromise your future, your legacy, your character, and your integrity mm-hmm. for something that might taste good or feel good for a second. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what God wants for. He wants you to become someone godly mm-hmm. and strong and big. And I think going back to the very beginning, one of the other verses that stands out is verse 4. As you come up against sin in this race, and as you endure, and as you persevere, have you struggled against sin to the point that you have shed blood? Verse 4 specifically says, in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted at the point of shedding your blood. Mm. It's like, that's that's a high level. Yeah. That's a standard. Like, I'm trying not to look. I don't want to think about this. I don't know. And he's saying, take it more seriously. Yeah. Have a vision for your life and who God wants you to be in in the mission he's called you and the church to. Like, resist. Give everything you've got and take this seriously because God has good plans for your life. Mm -hmm. So... That's all I've got. I've got a couple of com- closing thoughts on a little bit of a confusing end talking about Sinai and Zion, but anything else on Man, your end? Man, no. Thank you for that, Clark. That was that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I, I'm going to bring up verse 24 just because there's a worship song that brings it up. So uh, it says this, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And we've been talking about new covenant. Okay, we've been in Hebrews. We've been talking about the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And so again, you guys, I just love, Clark's going to talk more about um, Jerusalem and Mount Zion, but I just love that the New Testament, especially the book of Hebrews, my goodness, is full of all these Old Testament connections and references. And so this is one where if you think back to what happened in Genesis 4, was Abel died. Mm -hmm. He was murdered. And literally, um, there's a crying out from the blood in the ground saying like this was betrayal this was not this is sin this is not okay and so i just love that now we're reading it in hebrews that jesus the mediator of the new covenant sprinkled the blood that speaks a better word mm-hmm. speaks a word of life not a word of death and so anyway clark's going to celebrate more of the old testament references but shoot you guys what a gift what a gift yeah the last like five six seven verses kind of verses 22 through 27 can be confusing as it talks about this yeah. sinai and zion and what are we talking about mm-hmm. and god's comparing really sinai and what it represented in the old testament mm-hmm. to zion in the place of of our heavenly dwelling in the future so israel went to sinai in the old testament the mountain in which they were given the ten commandments god's talking about this heavenly dwelling zion which is built for the church in the future Sinai is described as a desolate desert. This is where Moses met God, out in the middle of nowhere, with the crickets, the scorpions, and the serpents. Uh, Zion's described as a heavenly city. You know, Sinai is described as coming out of Egypt. Zion's mm. described as heaven. Sinai is described as a place where a few angels existed. Uh, Zion's described as a place of many angels. The law was given at Sinai. The cross makes Zion accessible. Mm. Jesus was our mediator 
um, and, and calling us to this new way of living where Sinai was a law that was more of earning and deserving and are you following the rules or not? Well, no, we can't. Where Zion's this new covenant, like Bobby said, where it's given to you by believing, repenting, and receiving this free gift. Mm-hmm. You could describe Sion as, uh, sorry, Sinai as being a place, <laughs> as com- combine those words, Sinai <laughs> as being a place of like fear and terror. Zion's a place of love and forgiveness. Mm. And so as the chapter wraps up, there are consequences for refusing God at Sinai, but there's even greater consequences for refusing the God of Zion. Mm -hmm. So the 25 says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. And now he has promised once more I'll shake not only earth but also the heavens. And so there's a sifting that's going to come, pl- that's going to take place someday—a judgment hmm. where God's going to shake and get rid of the things of the world that aren't important, and what's going to be left are the things that are of God and of heaven. And so I'm praying that in our life we would have things that are of the Lord, that hmm. are pillars, that are steadfast, that are rock-like, that are foundational. That when life um, throws its hardships out our way, we'd use them for good, for discipline, for the glorification of God in the building up of each other. And um, we do that through the word and prayer and community being connected to each other. So we hope that this podcast was helpful as we kind of break down Hebrews 12. There's a lot to unpack and some of it's a little confusing, requiring Mm -hmm. Old Testament understanding. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit would meet you in his word today. Um, And as always, Bobby, you want to do the invite to prayer? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm coughing. Oh, Bobby's coughing. Tonight's (laughs) Wednesday. We have the prayer and healing worship service. So if you're interested, we'd love to have you come by and uh, 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. God bless you, and stay tuned for Friday. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.